This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the old sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. Morning, James. Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. <laughs> and good morning to James, our buddy in the next room there, who, of course, is uh, handling all the equipment issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we'll be the first voice, actually, you uh, contact when you call these numbers. Okay? Right. Here they right. go. For Toronto, 416 360 0740, and then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, don't pay a cent, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie, usually, uh, hey, this is a beautiful day. I mean, it's I want to start a with phenomenal just a happy day. happy note on that. Look, blue sky, not I know. a cloud out there. Sunshine prevailing and temps just, today are going to be, what, 13 degrees? I know, I just degrees? looked it up. It's, I think it's 13 today in Toronto. Yeah. So, I mean, Elsewhere. And it's going to feel like 13. And then tomorrow, we're talking 15 degrees, which, yeah. as you point out, is 69 on the old scale. Well, 59, actually. Or 59, 59. yeah, okay. Yeah. 69 <laughs> sounded pretty good. <laughs> but it's November. Yeah. All right, so for those of us who still have things to do in our garden, today is the day. Charlie was telling us. me she's got to boot it out here after the show and get home because she's got about, what, uh, three feet of leaves <laughs> in the backyard there you got to deal yes, with? Yes, I have lots of leaves to still yeah. pick up. Um, I even have some, well, the vegetable garden isn't quite put to bed, and then I always have things like water plants yeah. uh, that get buried in the vegetable garden for the winter because the little water garden is put away for the winter. Mm-hmm. It's a, kind of an above-ground pond that for, would freeze solid in the winter. So, of course, the plants would die. So I, that's how I overwinter them is uh, underground. And then, uh, um, yeah, there's lots to do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. But it's going to be a great day to do it. So. Well, all right. That's yeah. good. That's good. Maybe you'll be joining lots of other folks. But in the meantime, what else is happening in your little world of the garden? My little world of the garden. <laughs> Hold on. i got to just turn up my headphones. All right. Thy little world. That was a little bit um, uh, pompous. <laughs> uh, pompous. <laughs> I say, my dear, you want to get pompous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can do that. You sure can. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so listen, um, uh, the other thing is this Monday night, yeah. remember, 9 p.m., Vision TV, yeah. the Zoomer TV show. Yes. I taped Garden Tips last week, which should be airing on the Zoomer show on Monday at 9 p.m. Oh, so I'm sitting with a TV star I was going to say, well, I'll be doing autographs after the radio show. I'll I'll be there at the door to help just squeeze your head through as you leave the (laughs) studio. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) All right. Hey, that's great, though. Remember, if you want to get out uh, into some of this lovely weather, get down to Centennial Park Conservatory Chrysanthemum Show. It is on still until November 24th. Mm -hmm. And 
what a great day to be in a greenhouse, even tomorrow when it's raining, but it's going to be so mild. Wonderful time to be outside uh, down at Centennial Park. Of course, that's 151 Elmcrest Road. Uh, open from 10 to 5 daily, free admission, and uh, some very beautiful chrysanthemums on display as we speak. One other thing I want... Oh, well, I want to just give you an update on my kitty cat. So my cat who is not a wandering cat. He's, yeah. In the winter, he kind of turns himself into a house cat because he doesn't like the cold. And in the summer, he goes out. But, you know, for what, 15 minutes? I mean, you yeah. know, he's, he's getting a little oh, bit... Oh, tinkle, get back here. Yeah, yeah, fatter and, you know, lazier. Anyway, yesterday he went out at 7 o'clock in the morning and didn't come back. So all day? There, all day. And there we are, 7 o'clock at night... And I'm like, oh, my God, Some, my daughter's out, you know, whistling and calling in the neighborhood. I'm on the phone to the SPCA. I'm putting it out on notice boards, you know, lost animal. My cat is lost. Oh, my gosh. I'm making up flyers that I can get out to all the neighbors. And at two minutes to nine last night, who shows up at the back door but my cat? And he, he looks at me and he's like, what? Because his curfew yeah. is 9 p.m., right? His curfew. He knows. He knows. He comes in at night. He got, he's got to be in by 9. So there he is at 2 minutes to 9 going, what's the excitement? I'm home, aren't I? I was I like, thought, where have you been? I thought maybe you just had him neutered and he was out canceling an appointment. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, he's five years old. He was neutered uh, four years ago. Uh, but, okay. uh, no, it was just so funny. The look on his face was... Like, why are you so excited? Like, yeah, I'm looking. I'm going, you've been gone for like 14 hours. You don't even do that in July. Why are you doing that in November? Anyway, yes, you're right. He could have some friend out there that I don't know about. All right. One more thing to mark on your calendars. Sunday, November 24th from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Burlington. It, spend an afternoon with Conrad Edgebeck. Do you know who that is? He's a wine guy. He's a seasoned wine, food, and travel writer. He's a broadcaster. He is, I hear him on CBC Radio. Okay. Doing, he'll, he does a phone in. You can call if you've got some like wacky bottle of wine you just found in your basement, and he'll tell you what it is and whether it's any good. He'll, he's really good with uh, wine pairings with food as well. So I guess it's meet Conrad, have, taste some wine with him, and you know, get some recommendations for good wines to store. Very good. Now, I wonder if he listens to you on AM740. I wonder. I hope so. I hope so. Well, all right. And you know what? Mm. Conrad sounds like the kind of guy who needs a little bit of exercise going down to those wine cellars, you know, bending (laughs) down low to pick out the best bottles they store, you know, in hermetically Mm. sealed places. So uh, (laughs) what I would recommend to him, Conrad, if you're listening, listen up, buddy. You get you get in the word now from the expert on how to feel good and keep those joints limber. May I introduce... Charlie Dobbins to you. Charlie, take it away. Dobbins. Like do- Dobbins. Drop, drop the S. Drop the yeah, S. Drop, yeah. Just Dobbins. Uh, okay, so <laughs> did you know that Sierracil, the same little pills that we take on a daily yeah. basis and keep ourselves as pain-free as possible, joints are a little more limber, they actually have something called a topical spray now. And this, this is... Um, it's for fast relief of muscle soreness and joint pain. It uh, reduces pain receptors, increases blood flow, promotes healing activity, and helps control bruising. It's 100% natural, almost instant pain relief uh, spray uh, put out by the Sierra Sil people. So they're, they're all over trying to make our lives easier and more pain-free. So for more information, sierrasill.ca or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14 or pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores, including the Whole Foods Markets. Very good. And uh, that name again is Sierra Sill, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies.
trees, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a very uh, happy welcome to you to the show here, the Garden Show from AM740. And on the line to speak with Charlie Dobbin is <laughs> Mary Lou from Oakville. Hey, good morning, Mary Lou. Good morning. How nice to talk to you, and I really enjoy your show. Oh, great. great. Thanks for calling. Okay. Now, I have a question. I, I, I love Boston Ivy, and I have planted... Uh, about two years ago, I planted Boston ivy in a large plastic pot. Mm-hmm. It's sitting on my cement patio growing up the back of the house, mm-hmm. not on the siding, just the brick. And although it's overwintered successfully, I am worried that one winter it's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. How do I overwinter it? How big is the plastic pot that it's growing in? It's about a foot wide and a foot deep. For your best chance of survival of any plant in a pot above ground, you want the biggest possible pot, bigger than that. Okay. Uh, Also, an insulated pot would help. I mean, which is to say it needs to be uh, frost-proof. It could be plastic. But I would recommend a pot that's got like a double wall so that it's got at least some insulation in the pot. All right. The other thing, what side of the house is the is the pot sitting on? It's in on? the back of the house, and it's quite sheltered. So what direction does the back of the house face? Face south. Okay, so it's getting quite a bit of sun, obviously, on a day like today. Oh, sorry, it's senior moment. It's facing north. Okay, good. That's all right. That's good. That's why we like to just clarify. Now, the, nothing wrong with north except the northwest wind is a, can be quite intense in the winter, particularly if we don't have a lot of snow. So one thing you could consider doing is if you could get a whole – well, I mean, I've even done this at my house with bags of – plastic bags filled with leaves. And what you would do is you would fill up some bags with leaves or you get a hold of a couple straw bales or you just get something that will trap air and you pile it around the pot, around you know, which is sitting on your the concrete patio. And that air will insulate the roots that are inside the pot just by having that, particularly on that northwest side where the wind comes whistling by. If we get snow, pile snow up over the pot, that's all good because snow is a wonderful insulator. Okay. What about new, like what what I did was I got a huge uh, cardboard box and I was going to wrap it in in plastic Mm -hmm. and then inside the box I was going to put a I've been saving newspapers. Okay, that would work. And you're, but you're going to take those newspapers. You're going to crunch them all up into into little balls, right? Oh no, I wasn't. Yeah, you're going to have to. If you just lay in a lot of flat newspaper, you're not going to trap nearly as much air as you would oh, if you take you. all those pieces of paper and just crunch them up into a ball, throw them in the box, fill the box as full as you can of crumpled up balls of newspaper. Tape, Great. Tape it all closed. And yeah, absolutely. And again, put that box on that northwest side. Oh, yes, I can't move it because, of course, it's growing out That's of the right. pot. I get it. Yeah, Thank no, you, you can't move much. the pot. <laughs> and I have got a little hint if you have a minute. Sure. For birders. Mm-hmm. And I know we are never, ever going to totally deter them, but to deter squirrels from getting into the bird feeders, what I've done is I have those plastic baffles that look like a large inverted bowl, mm-hmm. and I put one over the birdhouse, but they can, they're such wily creatures, they can still get down. So I inverted another baffle on top of it. And because it tilts, they can't get out of it. 
and get down. So now, I don't think it's going to stop them forever because no. they're always winning the war. They really are. They are clever, aren't they? So they're yes. stuck in the little bowl on top, really, when you do it that way. That's right. Oh, and I, so far, it's worked. But I find that anything I do to deter them, it only lasts for about a month and they figure out a way to, to fool me. <laughs> they keep us my on. hint for the day. Thank and thank you. you for that suggestion about the Boston Ivy. I will do that today. Excellent. Good day Thanks, for Mary Lou. Thanks okay. for calling. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. And for the tip, too. We always like to get tips from our listeners. We do. Um, Oh, you know, I forgot to mention off the show, number one, our little mantra, which is call early, call often, one question per call. And, of course, if you're calling and you're a first-timer on the show, this is what you hear. Yes, Clarence has arrived, and you've got your wings. And Lydia, hello and welcome, and there you go, from (laughs) Thornhill, right? That's right. Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show a lot. Thank you. Good morning. Hi. What's going on? Well, I have a problem with the uh, violas. My mm-hmm. grandmother gave me about a handful about 20 years ago, and I put them in the backyard. And after a few years, I've been in the house for over 20 years, and they're spreading all over the place mm-hmm. in my garden through the flowers. And I'd like to get, tell you, too, I'd like to get rid of them, and I don't know how. So they sound like violets, are they, um, or viola? They have little blue, purple flowers in the spring. That's right. They're, they're beautiful in the and spring. Green leaves the rest <laughs> of the time. Yes. Yes, they are a native plant, and they are very happy in our gardens. And you're absolutely right. It always starts innocently with one little pot. I know I did the exact same thing and thought this would be nice, you know, pretty flowers in the spring, ground cover in the summer. But they are quite... Um, brutish. They they choke everybody else out. Right. <laughs> um, it would be nice if they would just fill in the blank spaces, but they are so sort of, you know, like brutes that they, they the, the other little plants get, like, choked right out. Yeah, they and they take mo- over. That's right, and they move into the lawn, as you realize. Right, yes, I do have a few growing in my lawn also. <laughs> yeah, there is no easy way to get rid of them oh. other than digging, and it is quite a serious dig. You, it's They tend to have quite deep roots, and they have seeds that they store just below the surface of the soil. So you really need to dig up and uh, literally be clumps that you're going to bag up and send off to the landfill, and you're going to be filling those holes with fresh soil rather than trying to knock the soil off the roots of the the violets because you'll end up putting seeds back in right. and it takes a couple of years right. um it's not you won't it won't be instant you won't be able to get rid of them overnight but if you kind of stay on it they are controllable and they're not super deep rooted so when the soil is moist it's not that hard to get them out okay what i want to ask you is when they do grow mm-hmm. should i wait till the flowers blossomed and then wait till the leaves are big and then dig them out or do it when they're just babies so as soon as the springtime comes, I can see all these things popping up out of the ground. That's right. And that's when, see, remember, the ones that you're seeing popping up are probably growing from seed that was dispersed the spring before. So that's why I know we, you'd probably love to leave them and enjoy the spring flowers. Uh-huh. But just know in your heart of hearts that if you leave them and enjoy the spring flowers, you're going to just enjoy thousands more plants after they flower as the seeds are dispersed. Oh, I know. So you're better to get them out of the ground at any time. The sooner, the better. Okay. As soon as they start to pop up, start digging. That's right. <laughs> oh, my okay. gosh. Uh, you know, they just take over because the garden looks so pretty with other, the other flowers. But mm-hmm. I don't know which ones are the uh, violas and which is the, uh, the... I have a lot of perennials in the garden. Well, the, you'll know your violets because the leaves are very distinctly heart-shaped. 
Okay. There's no other plant that's got that very distinctive heart-shaped green leaf. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. All right. Well, good I'll luck with that. Best I can. Get a bottle of wine. Just get down. <laughs> get a screwdriver and spend some time. It's going to oh, take some I time. I hope, <laughs> I'm, I hope I'm alive in another couple of years. <laughs> I've, I've actually hired my kids' uh, friends and my kids to help with this, and my niece over the years, oh. just because you know sometimes those 19-year-olds have knees that can stay yeah. down for <laughs> right. eight hours, and they just I make them crawl along and to go dig. <laughs> I know. I love I love the garden, but when you're out there digging and digging, sometimes you think, "Oh, I need a rest." Yeah, exactly. By the time you need a rest, the next day they're popped up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh dear. Oh, good luck with that. Okay, thanks so much, Charlie. I appreciate the show too. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye, Lydia. Nice to uh, talk to her this morning. And hey, you know, we have to take just a little bit of a break and just a quick note to Ruth, who is waiting in Whitby, will be along to chat with you very, very shortly. Um, I hope you notice as I unbutton my top button on my shirt. Oh, no. You see He's under there. Stripping. Well, it's getting <laughs> not quite. Not quite. It's showing just me showing his Superman me, undershirt. Yes, the super, well, it's not. It's the Sierra Soul oh, Man. So. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> there, there we, we are. Go. Yes. We are. <laughs> I am now going to unveil my suit. My oh. I'm covering my eyes. Okay, you better. I, I can't look. I it's too much. Special suit, a little trap it's door in the back. It's too early in the morning for this. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that Frank, why does he do it? Just to keep us laughing. So, you know what? It's all about being as comfortable as you can and as pain-free and being able to maintain daily routines, even if that means stripping in radio stations and <laughs> where there's big windows overlooking the street. Yeah, that was not a good move on yeah, my part. Yeah, Frank, uh, you know, and I both want to stay active, and Sierra Sill helps us do so in a pain-free sort of way. So Sierra Sill, for more information, <clears throat> excuse me, call them one eight seven seven joint 14 Check them on the web, sierrasill.ca. Or pick up Sierra Sill at the Big Carrot on Danforth Avenue in Toronto. S I E R R A S I L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good morning as well from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, and James Dooley uh, behind the scenes there. Here's the voice you uh, first contact when calling the numbers, 416-360-0740. And I'll let you know there is one line open right now, 1-866-740-4740 for those in the rest of the province, and it's toll-free. Now, I had uh, indicated that, yes, indeed, Ruth in with be is waiting by. It's our turn now to have a chat with uh, Ruth. Hey, Ruth, how good, good morning to you. <laughs> good morning, Ruth. Good morning. What's going on at your place? Oh, I'm having a problem hearing you. Oh, well, go ahead. Ask your question, and then you could hang up and turn hold the radio. On, just, hold on just a moment, please. Darn. Hello. Oh, hello. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you a little better. Sorry, silly phones. Oh, um, no. Yes. Charlie and Frank, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I do enjoy listening to the show. It's one of the highlights of my Saturday mornings to listen to the show. Good to hear. And uh, I usually listen pretty well through through the whole uh, whole show. Sometimes I pay more close attention to what you're talking about because it fits in with what I need to know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm very good at killing cactus plants. And... uh, so I don't usually have them, but I received a, a beautiful gift of a Christmas cactus. Mm-hmm. And I think you've talked about Christmas cactuses before, and I don't know 
what to do with this, and I really want it to survive because it's a special gift for me. All right. So I'll tell you what, Ruth, thank you for your question. Now hang up the phone, turn up your radio, and you'll be able to listen to the answer clearly. Okay. Okay. That'll be a good solution. Excellent. Thanks for calling. All right. Well, Ruth does that. Christmas cactus. We are at that time of year. We're all, many of us have Christmas cactus. Some of us have some really old ones. I actually inherited one from my aunt when she passed away. So I've got one that's 40 years old. But, uh, yeah, they live forever. Ruth said she's good at killing them. Let's discuss how we kill any cactus. What do you think, oh, sous chef of the garden? Uh, probably overwatering. Excellent. You are learning. Uh, that's exactly you. the only way you can ever kill a cactus is by overwatering. You can't even like kill it by freezing it. They're very tough. <laughs> they, yeah, it's all about the water. That's the only way you'll ever kill a cactus. I mean, sure, there's a rare insect. And yes, if you left it outside all winter, it would die. But bottom line, they can take quite a big temperature extremes. Uh, they can take a lot of abuse. And the best way to care for a cactus is to not care for the cactus. Admire it from afar. Just leave it alone. <laughs> well, there you go. When you yeah. think it's time to water, don't. Wait another week and then water. Now, when they're flowering, Christmas cactus, of course, are coming up to the flowering point. Some of them might be flowering as we speak. Yes, they'll take a little more water when they're flowering. Feel the surface of the soil. You want it to feel hard. Then you water. If there's any moisture or any springiness in that soil, let it be. Wait another day. When you water, use tepid, room temperature, sitting out for at least 24 hours water. And just water enough that the water drains through into the little bowl below so you've got a little bit of an, uh, an overflow going on with the watering wait 10 or 15 minutes make sure that water is absorbed into the pot if it's not dump it into the sink don't let that plant sit in water and the other thing is turn the plant 180 degrees every couple of days mm -hmm. and that is something that will help it be a more balanced plant with growth and flowering on all sides Full sun, obviously. All cactuses, full sunny window ledge, preferably southern or western facing. All righty. Well, it is. I a nutshell. Ruth, Ruth caught all that, I hope. <laughs> and uh, meantime, there are other callers, like a first-time caller mm -hmm. from Uxbridge, Ontario, a lovely little uh, town. Cheryl, welcome yeah. to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I've, I've been dialing and dialing, just desperate to get on here. We brought in... Um, a hibiscus plant from the garden mm -hmm. about a week ago and my husband watered it with water from a very large plastic bought plastic container uh, that's been sitting in our laundry room for a year mm. and uh, almost overnight it just seemed to start to die very quickly so I've lost probably two-thirds of the leaves and the rest of them some of the branches really look like they're almost um, the water isn't even getting to them. So I don't know what's going on with that, whether we need to change the soil or well, whether this is, this is, I'm just overreacting because this is classic when you bring this kind of plant in or whether it is, um, if there's anything I need to do to just revive this, keep it, keep it going until it can recover. Okay, well, first off, welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thanks for Thank calling. The, here's my first question. Uh, the water, unless you feel that there was some contamination of that water that had been sitting in the plastic pail for a year, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. Uh, I was worried about the plastic toxins leaking into the water from 
the uh, the container? Um, typically, hibiscus are not that sensitive. They're pretty vigorous, tough plants. So I and and if there was some kind of toxic effect going on, it wouldn't happen overnight. The plant, it, it yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I guess it's always a possibility, but that wouldn't be my first thought. Tell me, when you brought the hibiscus into the house, it had been in a pot outside. It wasn't like you dug it up or anything, right? Oh, yeah. No, we did dig it, dig it up. It was in the garden, and we transferred it into a very large... It's a large plant in itself, and we transferred it into a large pot, and it's now sitting in our bathtub. Okay. Okay, and so there's maybe... That's the other thing. Is Do you have a big picture window in your bathtub? There are two, it's reasonably large. I would say uh, not a picture window, but almost the size of, of one. Okay, so you've got windows. You should see the look on Frank's face. <laughs> what? You have big windows in your bathtub? People do, <laughs> particularly out in the country. Why not? Well, I guess, yes. You're just such an urban guy. You don't think in terms of windows in your bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, Cheryl. Well, I tell Frank we cover them up with this... Uh, <laughs> Plastic coating to oh, darn. bring out the visitors. <laughs> okay, so okay. there we go. So they are they are covered. You've got that sort of frosty thing going on. Yes, that's right. Uh, so right. it's very diffuse light that's getting to that plant. Yes. That is probably what's going on. All right, then one more question. You, two-thirds of the leaves have dropped, you said. Do you notice, if you look at the plant, the tips, the very tips of the branches, are there green leaves or still green on the tips, and most of the dead leaves or leaves that have turned yellow have come from the inside of the plant? Yes, uh, for the most part, I would say that is the case. There's a lot of tips with the the blossoms and the leaves still on them. Mm -hmm. There are a few branches where it's right to the tip that it's gone, but there's still uh, healthy-looking uh, growth at the tips. Okay, so here's what I think, here's what I would do. First off, keep in mind that whenever you transplant a plant, it is stressful, and it is November. So when we transplant plants in November, and November be, the days are quite short. The plants are naturally slowing down, whether they're tropical or from you know temperate climates. All plants slow down as the days get shorter, light levels drop, temperatures drop. So that, that natural slowing down is happening. When you transplant, the stress that you've put on the plant and its natural slowing down can lead to what you're seeing, which is the the loss of many of the older leaves. So when a plant loses its older, more mature leaves, it's just a way of the plant saying, okay, I'm going to just hunker down. I'm going to get rid of all this leaf surface area that I'm losing moisture out of and is more trouble than it's worth to hold on to. I'm going to stay alive, but I'm going to stay alive in a, in a very slowed down state. So you, my suggestion to you, Cheryl, is once that plant, I'm assuming it's, it, the water's all drained through and it's been slowly drying out, is get it out of the bathtub, get it into the brightest possible location that you have in your house. Uh, that could be a patio door, it, preferably southern or western facing, so lots of light, or even artificial light if, if, you know, if that works better. So get some more light on it. Do not water again until it's really thoroughly dried out. And recognize that you are going to do some trimming back but uh, for now, unless it's a really big problem, I'd leave the trimming back until February or March. Uh, just keeping the plant alive is the main thing, and they're very tough. It, it's likely to stay alive. Just don't water it anymore because that's what could kill it is too much water. And, uh, and get it in the light so that it is more likely to respond to light levels and put out a little bit of new growth. Okay. Now, it, actually, this particular room is, has a southern exposure, and that's why it's in the tub. Because okay. it, 
it does get um, more light all day than most of the other windows of the house. Okay, all right. So then maybe it's in the right spot. So then, then just let it be, you know, clean up the leaves as they're dropping. Talk to the plant. Tell it that you understand it's just having a little rest. And don't, you know, don't stress. Don't worry about it. But like I say, you will be doing some fairly hard pruning once the days get substantially longer. So by mid-February to late February, you're going to get out your pruners and you're going to do quite a lot of pruning on that plant. And when you okay. do that... And assuming that, you know, all that life is still inside the plant, it's going to pop all kinds of new growth. Okay. This, this one is the, the root, the, the, um, the trunk mm-hmm. is about almost two inches. Wow, it's old, eh? I guess so. Somebody gave it to us uh, because she was, she's a gardener and she was overgrown over, um, with all kinds of plants. Yeah. So we feel an obligation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. So but I really do appreciate your help, and we'll follow that advice. Yeah, let us better. know. Let us know how that works out. Okay. Give us a Thank call you. in, like, February. We can talk pruning. Okay. okay. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl, yeah. for joining the show, which is, of course, the Garden Show from AM 740, as we broadcast live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And looking at that beautiful blue sky, oh, and the gosh. sun is pouring down. It's lovely. It is a beaut. Well... Uh, Christmas cactuses seem to be the uh, common thread here. Irene in Niagara Falls wants to get in on the conversation. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Morning. Um, I've been listening to your instructions on Christmas cactus. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I have two, and one is about 10 years old, Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely full of bloom right now. Mm. Full bloom. Um, Will this, when these fall off, will it bloom again before Christmas, or is this it? It might. I find many times Christmas cactus will reset blooms or buds, but it needs the right conditions to do that. And the conditions that um, will sort of encourage the creation of flower buds for Christmas cactus are bright sun and and the warmth that comes with that during the day, but cool temperatures at night. Yeah. I have it in my uh, patio, in front of my patio windows, which is bright sun all day, all afternoon, all morning rather, until about noon, until it shifts around. Mm-hmm. And then at night, it is cool and dark. And you allow, you drop your thermostat down in the evening. So yes. Good, perfect. Because so, yeah. that's what you need. And you can go quite cool with Christmas cactus. I have a couple that sit right in my bedroom window, and my bedroom window is wide open every night year-round. Uh-huh. And, yes. you know, any other plant would get frosted, but the Christmas cactus loves it. It just keeps setting buds all the time because they do love that cool night. Now, um, I've heard some people say that they put them outside in the summertime. Yeah. I have never done that. Now, uh, if I put it out on my uh, patio, which I say is, you know, full sun until around noon, till it shifts, Mm -hmm. would I put that out in the summertime in the sun or in a shaded area? Well, you would always start in the shade when you first take a plant outside because Uh it's too intense. You just end up sunburning the plant. Uh, Once it's been out in a shady spot for 10 days or so, then I I would shift my Christmas cactus into full sun. Oh, okay. Or, or even, as you say, on your patio, an eastern location, all morning sun, you know. As long as yeah. you're getting six hours of sun uh-huh. outside, it's perfect. And what you do is you leave them outside until we've had some light frost. So in this case, you would have perhaps left it out right up until the end of October. And yeah. when you bring it in, it is then covered, totally covered in, in buds again. And we fertilize it now? We do. When it's actively growing and flowering, now is the time to fertilize. Unlike most of our plants, which are not actively growing and flowering, which we don't fertilize now, the, the Christmas cactus we do. 
Now, did, do you miss those? No, they, they don't. They're they're not usually. They don't struggle for lack of humidity. Um, oh, they, they get kind of dusty. Right. Know. Well, and that's a great idea. You know, you can take them into the kitchen and give them a good misting or a showering, a washing. Because uh-huh. you're right. No plant wants dust. Uh, and no. even just you know air, the 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 debris in our air. You know, sometimes it's per- pollution or whatever it is. Um, very good idea to keep the leaves as clean as possible. The plant is always healthier when the leaves are clean. The surface area is as clean as possible. Okay, good stuff. Thank you very much. You're Thanks, very Irene. Enjoy some, your show. Some Thank neat you. notes. Thank you very much. And uh, here we are on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday. Uh, we'll be along to talk to another first-time caller in just a couple of moments here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And along for the ride, uh, the old sous chef for the garden. Sous chef. Sous chef of the garden, <laughs> Sous yes. chef. Having, um, you know what happened there? No, do My share. tongue got in front of my eye tooth. I couldn't see what I was saying. So, <laughs> go ahead. Jim, welcome to the show, first time with you. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? How are you this morning? <laughs> Good, oh, thanks. we're just peachy. How are you? <laughs> great, just great. Thank you. Good. Now I've, we've got a plant mm-hmm. that's called an anthurium. Anthurium. A n t h u r i u m. Anthurium. Yep. It's a beautiful plant. Mm-hmm. But we've been told that the red petals will drop off. And the center, whatever that is, and I think it's white, mm-hmm. it'll fall off. But we'll leave, excuse me, we'll be left with the green leaves. Mm-hmm. And the green leaves, of course, are shiny and, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it'll ever flower again. Oh, sure it will. Here, I'm just, showing, right? just showing Frank a picture of anthurium. See anthurium? Oh, they're quite Yeah, very them. shiny green leaves, but yes. big heart-shaped leaves. And, of course, the flower is a very specific kind of flower. It's called a spath. And so the, the little center is the actual flower, and then oh. it's a modified leaf, which turns bright red. Kind of like poinsettia, same thing. Of course, what we think of as the flower is really yeah. a leaf. The flowers yeah. are those little tiny round cyathea. Anyway, bottom line, the way to encourage your anthurium to continue to flower, number one, never let it dry out. They okay. do love moisture. This is a plant that consistently likes to be kept moist. So you can't overwater it, can you? Well, you could. You could drown it if it was sitting always in water. But, you know, make sure it's got a nice bowl beneath the the pot. And, of course, the pot has drainage holes. And when you water, make sure that the water drains through the drainage holes. And and just keep an eye. Um, We never want a plant to sit in water for more than, you know, half an hour or so. But, But feel the soil. And if you've got it in a bright spot, it should be a fairly bright location. Uh, feel the soil. If it starts to feel a little bit on the dry side, water again. Now, depending on the temperature of your house and the amount of sunlight that's reaching the plant, you could be watering every two or three days, or you could be watering every four or five days, or, you know, seven or eight days, whatever it is. Check every day. Right. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, because we got it on the west side of the house, Mm -hmm. which gets the sunlight uh, we'll say afternoon, Mm -hmm. right up until, okay, four o'clock and Mm -hmm. this time of the year, but uh, later during the uh, summer. Oh, it's a lot more sun then for sure, yeah. But the, so just it's a, a little bit of water every couple of days just to keep that soil constantly moist, constantly springy, and lots of light. So that's brilliant. Keeping it in the west, light is perfect. Now, it doesn't seem like it's in earth. It seems like it's in a, uh, a mesh of some type. 
That's weird. <laughs> a mesh. A mesh. Well, that's, that's the way it came from the uh, from the florist. Oh. There may be earth in there. I've, I haven't taken it out of the basket that it came in. Okay, so that's interesting. You're right. So this is like a gift basket. Yes. So probably what it is, if it is like a real little basket, the basket's probably lined with plastic, yes. and then the plants are kind of inserted, and they're held in with mesh because it's probably only a, a short basket. It's probably only like two inches tall or something, right? I think so, yes. What you're going to do is, um, well... You have two options. One is to take it apart right away and take every plant out of that basket and pot them up individually into proper little pots with drainage. With, or with, wait. size pot? Well, anywhere, anything between a four inch and a six inch pot, depending on the size of the root ball. Okay. But you could also wait till spring. <clears throat> and so in the meantime, it's probably very beautiful. And if you got it recently, it probably looks amazing. It is. We, we got it about. Uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, so I'd probably, I mean, it's probably so decorative that I'd probably just make sure you've got a nice little water, you know, a watering can with a nice little spout on it and just, yeah, every couple of days, maybe use the weight of the basket as your indicator, you know, feel what it feels like when you've just watered it and then feel it the next day, feel it the next day, and, you know, when it starts to feel a little bit lighter, if you can't feel that soil, uh, then use the weight of the basket as a way to, to decide when to water. Um, in a basket with a plastic lining, there is no drainage. So you don't want to turn that into a swamp. So that'll That's be your, right. your fine line. The other thing is you can get a little razor blade and just cut that mesh a little bit so you can just get your finger in there somewhere and be able to just feel that soil. You just don't want it to be a, a swampy mess, and there is no drainage likely in that setup. And I, I'll go along with that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Gee, I appreciate that. No problem. It's Thank a lovely, lovely much. plant. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay, you and you're welcome to the show anytime, Jim. Okay, in Oshawa, by the way. Oh, of course, yes, indeed. My old stomping grounds. Well, oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. When I um, I used to work for White Rose Nursery a long time ago, and when I had the opportunity to become a store manager, I went to Oshawa and I opened the Oshawa store as a store manager. Wow. In 1986. You must have been about uh, 16 when exactly. that happened. Exactly. Huh? Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, off we go trotting along to Brampton to say hi to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Jolly and Frank, I have a hibiscus. I think it thinks it's July because I'm looking at buds on it. Yeah, that's great. Now, how do I keep the buds growing? And when do I cut it back? Okay, so because and you're you're having the struggle that so many of us have with a flowering tropical plant that sometimes stays green all summer and then looks amazing in the fall. So yes, you want to, as we've said, full sun, uh, water when dry, water thoroughly when dry when it comes to hibiscus, but do let them dry down between waterings. Okay, enjoy those flowers; they don't last long, but you. If you have anything, like I was at my mom's house the other day, she's got this little hibiscus, been sitting in her western window all summer, and, you know, a few little flowers. Well, right now I bet you there's 150 flower buds on a plant that's only like two feet by two feet. I mean, it's just covered in buds. So enjoy those flowers. You know, they last only for a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we'll worry about doing the cutting back on the hibiscus, which we are going to do in January or February if you can wait till then. Yeah, well, this, this plant is almost three years old and mm-hmm. I cut it back too too much last year. It mm-hmm. didn't have any flowers until like almost September. Right. 
That, and that happens sometimes, just the way the light levels work. It seems to create flower buds as the days get shorter in September. Okay. So, But we do want to cut them back before the new growth starts in the spring. So, uh, Otherwise, so they're going to get too listening big. listening to your show. Okay, good. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Okay. Hey, look at this. Uh, well, oh, I'm looking at the time. We have to take a little bit of commercial break here, but there's a first-time caller, oh, Diane. You get so excited. Online. You're going to warm no, up I that am. bell. I am. I'm just getting it set. Right? Okay. <laughs> Stay by for that. The wings for Diane are coming by. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yep. And and we're delighted to welcome Diane in St. Catharines. Before, yes. before we go to Diane, I yes. uh, just want to quickly give everybody the information that James just asked for. Oh, right, yes. Which is, what's the best fertilizer to use for Christmas cactus? Okay. And it is? Well, it's any flowering plant fertilizer. I'm a big fan of 153015. That's the analysis of the chem, of the uh, fertilizer. So fifteen thirty fifteen, but any any plant fertilizer out there, it could be Miracle Grow, it could be you know Plant Prod makes a flowering plant fertilizer. There's a bunch of them out there, but it's the main thing is the middle number is usually twice as high as the first number. Very good. Ah, thank you very much. All right, with that little. Um I was piece say, of information. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> you were going to say something mean and sarcastic. No, I wasn't. Oh. I was, it was actually a, a complimentary mathematical term that I can't think of. Uh, whatever the case may be, Quotient. Diane at <laughs> <and> St. <Saint laughs> Catharines, finally, the bell comes along for you. <laughs> Ask not for whom the bell tolls. It bowls, It tolls for Diane. Hi. Good, Good morning, morning, Diane. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, very nice to talk to you. I listen to your show every Saturday morning. Great. Uh, I have three Japanese maples out in front of my house. Mm-hmm. Two of them are grafts. They're the ones with the sort of fuzzy edge on the leaves. Mm-hmm. And the other one looks like just a miniature maple leaf tree, which mm-hmm. is a red one. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is when is the best time to prune them? Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, have all the leaves dropped off, dropped off now? Yeah, they've all... Yes, they're virtually bare now. Okay, because... Honestly, you could prune them today if you wanted really? to. Really? Yep. If, oh, that's great. I mean, it's a great day for pruning. It's nice and dry and sunny. And if the leaves have dropped off, you can clearly see the structure of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, the best time to prune Japanese maples is midsummer or late very late fall. You never okay. prune them in the spring, <clears throat> excuse me, because there's too much sap drippage. So I like that word, drippage. Um, so that you, so that's why if you feel they're needing to be pruned before they start next year's growth, I mm-hmm. would do it today. But don't give them a haircut. Like when you, when you prune a Japanese maple, it's not just like a chainsaw across the top. Yeah. Uh, you have to really stand back. You have to look at the form of the plant. You mm-hmm. have to find the frame, find the, the proper skeleton, if you will. And there will be branches that are crisscrossing. So right away you take out one of those that, mm-hmm. that are, if they're rubbing together, there will be branches that are growing to the inside of the plant when you want the plant to grow to the, you know, you want it to grow from the center out. So of course mm-hmm. you'll trim out anything that's growing in the wrong direction. Yeah. There could be a little bit of dead wood on the plant that will all come out. And, mm-hmm. but every time you're, you're going to take something out of the plant, stand back. Don't rush when you're, when you're pruning something like a Japanese maple, it is a real piece of art and it's a, a huge, um, app, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
it's a it's a, uh, it's a really good thing to have. You, you caught my problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really adds to the value of your home. It's uh, there's a word I'm looking for. I can't investment, find. Investment. Uh, well, I guess yeah, it's an investment. So you don't. So you just want to be careful with it because it's a long-term plant that will add incredible beauty to your home. Asset? Asset, thank you. It's an asset to your home. That was James. Thank you, James. It's been absolutely beautiful this fall. I mean, they were just incredible. I have a green one and a red one. Those are the two, the smaller ones, Mm -hmm. which are the grafts, and then Mm -hmm. the big one, which was brilliant red this uh, this fall. They're just amazing. The thing is, they planted them. Now, I didn't plant them. They were here when we bought the house, and that was about 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, they've planted them virtually right up against the house. Bummer. So I'm getting everything on the front, and it's all bare branches in behind, you know, because it's getting absolutely no sun or anything back there. Should I break all those dead branches off as well that are underneath? Okay, so no breaking. This is sharp pruners. We trim with sharp pruners. We don't break ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. How long ago do you think those plants were planted there? Like 10, 20 years ago? That I don't know. How long have you lived in the house? 13 years. Yeah, so it's 13 plus. Because I was going to say, yes, that is always a drag. When things are planted too close to the wall, the house, there's nothing you can do other than transplant, bring them out, you know, Mm -hmm. three feet forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. At that age, you probably don't want to bother doing that. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, so and the, there will never be good growth on that side yeah. that's that's banged up against the house. So mm-hmm. again, nice sharp pruners, nice clean cut, and mm-hmm. yeah, just it's like you know when they make um, Christmas trees, uh, artificial Christmas trees for people in small apartments, and it's a half a tree. It goes yeah. up against the wall. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just think of your Japanese maples in that sense. Think of them as a as a sort of a half moon shape, and and look right. at them for that, and and don't stress the fact that they they're missing the backside. Yeah, well, nobody can see the back of them anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. And I also have now in the side garden, um, my husband found a little shoot in the, um, along the wall on the side of the house, and we planted it, and now it's almost as big as the ones in the front of the house. Obviously, the birds ate the seed and dropped it in the oh, side of the house. Interesting. So. Oh, good. Good for you. It's beautiful. So I'm very, very lucky. I've got yeah. these beautiful Japanese maples. Yes. I'm glad to know that I can trim them. Thank you for letting me know that. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks and for your I call. And I enjoy your show. Thanks Wonderful. again. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a call, Diane. First-time caller, too. That's right. And there's one other person we, we, we unfortunately, don't think we have time. Do we? Uh, well, if we go fast. Okay. Anas- good. Anastasia, good morning and welcome to the show. Taking my call. I listen to your show every Saturday morning. Thank you. And my question is about rosemary. Mm-hmm. I have tried to overwinter mm-hmm. rosemary mm-hmm. every way I can think of, <laughs> and it dies on me. Mm-hmm. How do I winter rosemary? Uh, it's a tough one to overwinter. So you've got it outside right now, or you've had it outside? No, I have, this year I put it in a pot and mm-hmm. brought the pot inside. Okay. So I have the pot inside with me right now. Mm-hmm. It's still alive, mm-hmm. but Good. the leaves already getting to feel kind of dry. Crispy. Right. So what you've got to do is um, mimic what rosemary's natural environment is. So you want lots of sun. The brighter spot, the better. Uh, southern facing is good. This is a plant that needs to dry down between waterings. They are a very drought-tolerant herb in the Mediterranean where they naturally grow. Uh, so the drying down is important. But I find you're absolutely right. It's, a very, it's very tough. You, there's a fine line between too dry and they get crispy and too wet and they just 
rot. Uh, do not mist them, but do what you can to keep the humidity high in the house, even if that means putting a little pebble tray below. So a tray full of pebbles, the plant sits on top of the pebbles, and water goes in at the base of the plant, not touching the pot, just to keep the humidity fairly high around the plant. Okay, now my roots are already showing in the bottom. I'm wondering if I take it out of this pot, put it in a bigger pot, if that will help. Perhaps you could do that in the spring, but I don't know if I would do it now. All right, thanks okay. for that. we got to go, Anastasia. We're Appreciate your call. up uh, against the top of the hour. Dave's car um, garage I can hear the begin. roar of the engines there. we got to get out of here. They're going to run <laughs> James, us down. thank you, my friend. <laughs> thank you again, James. Thank you, Frank, always. Charlie, you're always welcome. Chef. And thanks to all our great callers from all over the province. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.